Hello again, you rockin' Rockyites. Uh, we are not going to do any announcements this week. We are going to get right into that sweet, sweet podcast action. If you have ever visited Rocky, chances are you've interacted with a volunteer. And even if you haven't interacted with a volunteer, I can almost guarantee that you have enjoyed the fruits of volunteers' labors in ways you might not even be able to imagine. So many projects and things that they're involved in here at the park. And they're so involved, in fact, that we couldn't do what we do without volunteers in this day and age. It would not be possible. They are absolutely essential to preserving and protecting Rocky and providing for the enjoyment of it by visitors like you. Uh, we could not do it without them. And we have to have somebody, or actually multiple somebodies, who coordinate all the volunteers, uh, who wants to volunteer for what positions, all the hiring it's not hiring, it's volunteering, but there's still paperwork. And uh, then just making sure people are well-trained, that they're coordinated, that needs are being met. There's so much that goes into it. And so on today's episode, you're going to learn all about our volunteer program from the viewpoint of its director, Lindsay Lewis. Lindsay is super positive, super professional, always fun to work with. And I cannot help but wonder if it's because she knows the importance and the impact of her work um, with volunteers and the way that it impacts their lives and the joy it brings them, and also the absolutely essential uh, things and services that they provide for us. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode and that it inspires you to become a volunteer yourself. Let's rock. Sounds great. Okay, so we're here at Sprague Lake yes, on we a are. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful summer day. Not a cloud. Well, there are There's some very, clouds. very few, but nice clouds in the sky, and it is super warm. Like we're sitting in the shade without a jacket on, which is, you know, pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> we'll enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> um, so we'll start with. Your name and what you do. So what's your name? Sure. I am Lindsay Lewis. Lindsay Lewis. And, and what do you do at the park, Lindsay? Yep. I am the volunteer program manager here at Rocky Mountain National Park. Volunteer program manager. That's correct. So <laughs> we'll start broad and then we'll see where the conversation takes us. So okay. what are the broad brush strokes of our volunteer program at Rocky? Like how sure. many volunteers, volunteer hours, just that kind of overview. Yep. So in 2016, we had 2,706 volunteers wow. here at Rocky Mountain That's National amazing. Park. It so is like amazing. Almost 10 times as many staff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and collectively, wow. they served 116,000 hours or a little over that, which is the equivalent, equivalent of about 56 full-time year-round employees, which is huge. Oh, yeah. So it makes us the ninth largest volunteer program in the whole Park Service. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we have a few volunteers. We have at just Rocky, a couple. Yeah. Volunteering a, busy. a bit of time. Yep. And so you are in charge of that whole program. Yep. Okay. 
So thankfully, I don't directly supervise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be impossible. Twenty seven hundred yeah. people, because I would lose my mind. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, but here in the park, we have about thirty or so volunteer supervisors mm -hmm. that oversee different volunteer groups who do a variety of work in the park. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of consider myself like HR for ah, volunteers. Okay. And so there's a lot of different policies and things that are related to volunteers that don't apply to staff and vice versa. So my job is to kind of be the subject matter expert on the volunteer program policies of the park service. Mm -hmm. And then also I do a lot of recruiting for those volunteers. Mm -hmm. I do volunteer recognition. We have big parties for our volunteers, um, which is fun. And then I'm in charge of volunteer training and making sure uh, our volunteers are properly uniformed, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, It's actually really fun. It sounds kind of boring, <laughs> actually, <laughs> now that I just said it, but it's actually a really fun job because I get to be out in the field and, and um, and then also just supporting at my desk people that just really love this park, love right. this place, and really want to be here. You yeah. know, when you're working in That's HR, nice. yeah, when you're supporting staff with, you know, making sure that they're getting paid and filling out all of their paperwork properly, it's not super fun. But when you're working with people who just want point. to do this because they love this place, it yeah. makes it um, a lot more fun yeah. to do that kind of work. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard... It's hard to even describe, I feel like, to people the extent of the volunteer program here. Yeah, it's pretty huge. It's just, it seems nonstop. Like, there's always stuff going on. Exactly. We're, we're really lucky. This, you know, this park, not every, um, not every national park or national public land has neighbors that adore it mm -hmm. like Rocky does. Mm -hmm. So we have, over the years, really harnessed that and have taken advantage of and really benefited from neighbors who you know, live in Estes Park, Lyons, Longmont, Loveland, Boulder, Denver, Grand Lake, Granby, who love this place and have some time on their hands and want to want to donate it back to the park. So mm -hmm. of the 2,700 volunteers, about 700 are um, individuals, like um, a lot of retirees and a lot of interns who donate their time to the park. Mm -hmm. So just last year, we had about 40,000 hours served by residents of Estes Park. Wow. Which is incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. I know. And 4,000 hours served by the residents of Grand Lake, which mm -hmm. again, I mean, that's incredible too, considering the size of the yeah, population. Yeah, population. Yeah. And so then they do a little bit of everything from, we kind of, we recruit for volunteer positions like we recruit for paid right. positions. So we have really specific openings. People, um, you know, that have an interest in science mm -hmm. can go out and support scientific researchers in the park. They can work at visitor centers if they like that sort of interaction. Mm -hmm. They can go out and count elk for us mm -hmm. or um, monitor raptors. Yeah, there's like um, or work in the greenhouse. Everyone. Yeah, they're really, they're like really is. <laughs> depending really on your skill set. Yeah, you can work in the library. You can work whether in the Whether or not archives. you want to be inside or outside, whether or not you want to interact with people or not interact with people, yeah. what kind of whatever, whatever part of the park you want to be in, even to Absolutely. some degree. Yep. Yeah, that's true. It is kind of uh, awesome how specific some of the roles get. I mean, I know that one time we um, uh, recruited for like a digital asset management person and had multiple people apply that all had database skills I know. and photography and all these specialized skills. And it's, 
I almost feel like there's a culture in Estes Park of some people, like they retire so that they can come here and be a volunteer, right. like at least half time, some of them full time. Yep. That's what Absolutely. really blows my mind is people I, I meet and I'm like, you're working full time. I know. You're volunteering full time job. One of our volunteers, it is amazing. One of our volunteers, when he, he um, moved away and before he moved, I calculated his hours and he had served <clears throat> on average of 43 hours a week. <laughs> For, for an entire year. So I know it is pretty wild. It's amazing. I know we are really lucky. Um, I had in 2012, my first year here, one of my funniest phone calls here was from a prospective volunteer who called and he said, hey, I am retiring in 2018. <laughs> And I'm just wondering how I can get involved Already in volunteering at the park. And I thought, oh my word, Six this man out. either hates his job or he loves Rocky so much that he's yeah, a little <laughs> A and a little B that he is planning six years, six years out. Yeah. So I was like, well, contact me in 2017 and let's see what we can do. So right. maybe this is the year I'll get a call back. Yeah, from maybe guy. you will. I'll be like, uh, yes, I called you five years ago. <laughs> yeah. On, will give you the exact date and time. Yeah, and probably. Took notes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it really, the first time I ever came here was to make the map, our brochure map. Oh, yeah. And so we kind of got a grand tour of Rocky to get a feel for the whole place to figure out what we want to put in the brochures to give people an overview of the park. And yeah, I was that was one thing that I was very struck by is everywhere we went, there were volunteers yeah. in a lot of times pretty key positions and how just smart and interesting and dedicated and I mean incredible people like I feel like every person if I talk to them enough and get their story I'm just like what your stories what yeah well, yeah I mean, I'm sure that you know that oh yeah way better than me tons yeah. of people maybe we can touch on some of that in a little bit so how did you get into volunteer coordination that is a great question and yeah. I'm so glad you asked me <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was your so, path so to to so coordinate actually, volunteers. yeah. So I actually started like a lot of the rangers here. I started as an intern uh -huh. myself. So when I was in school, I was studying, I was um, in college studying geology in Wisconsin in one of the flattest parts of the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Where, what school? At U University of Wisconsin at Oshkosh. Okay. So, and I went there for a couple of years, two years, and I had finished, or a, yeah, two years. I'd finished, um, my second year and I thought, oh my word, is this really what I want to do? Do I really want to do geology? And so I started looking into internship programs uh -huh. and um, ended up very last minute deciding to do an internship at the White Sands National Monument oh. in southern New Mexico. Nice. I made the map for that as well. Did you really? Did. Oh my word. That was, that Just was all fun. the dunes. Did you get to map the dunes? Actually, yeah. It's a 3D. Yeah. It's it's like a bird's eye view. And oh. so it's fr it's looking to the west from the east. Yeah. And uh, maps are very interesting. You kind of tell, you you have to move past the truth to get at the truth. So when you're looking from the view that we have, because I did the whole, all of White Sands, including yeah, outside like the park where it's a missile range. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, so that word. whole valley. Oh, yeah. And so you're so zoomed out that the actual dunes themselves would be so small that you couldn't see anything. So what I did is I took a LIDAR, which is a laser. Um, basically, you shoot a laser out and you measure how long it takes for that laser to come back to where it came from. And since the speed of light is a known constant, you get the distance. Wow. And so they had done LIDAR on this strip of dunes and they were doing a repeated study to see how they moved over time at yeah. a very fine level of detail. Oh my word. Anyway, I took their data 
exported it, to, it brought it into a, a 3D imaging program, got the right angle of the dunes at much bigger than they should have been, and then went into Photoshop and pasted those in and painted it all in. But anyway, oh that was a my fun So you were at White Sands. That is really interesting. Yeah, it was fun. Do, does it still have the exposure? Uh, it does. For the Oryx? It does. Yeah, there's there's the Nature, um, is it Nature Conservancy? I don't know who owns it, but in there behind yeah. to the west yep. of the park, yeah, that is closed to public access. Wow. And yeah, I think it's for... I don't know if it's Oryx. The Oryx. Yeah, a, yeah. They were in, they introduced a bunch of African antelope ah. into the Tularosa Basin back in the '60s and uh-huh. '70s, and they just did really well. But um, yeah. So how, how long anyway, were you there? So I was there just for three months, in the but summer? I had the time of my life. In the um, actually, I moved there in January. Ah, perfect. Or February. It's time to be there. It was there. It was the perfect time to be there, actually, in southern New Mexico. Yeah. So for dunes, three months. Great. So that was yeah, your first internship. Months, first internship. Yeah. What was that like? It was great. It was yeah. my first experience out of Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I was in my Are you early from Wisconsin? 20s. Yeah, I'm from Wisconsin Where? originally. Um, Where I was in born in Eau Claire. Okay. And then um, when I was 10, my folks moved. We all moved to Nina, so south of Green Bay. Okay. Kind of in that area, in the Fox uh-huh. Valley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Really close to Hope. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we have Wisconsin listeners. Yeah, there's a lot of Wisconsin. I always ask people, you know, specifically where they're from. Yeah. So people can yep. rep yeah, the so hometown from, pride. Yep, so exactly. that's so, so you went to White Sands on this internship. Yep, just like And it was the, the first time. My first time. So, yep, had the time of my life. I lived in a single wide trailer with a rattlesnake that lived underneath the trailer. Nice. Did it have a name? <laughs> and it did not, okay. but it freaked, Terror, kind of, kind of freaked me out. But yeah. it was... You know, it was definitely for a Wisconsin gal living in southern New Mexico. It was oh, definitely a really what a change. yeah. It was it was a change, and I but I absolutely loved it. Um, I worked in the visitor center and gave tours. I did the sunset stroll. Uh-huh. Um, so I walked, uh, did a walk in the dunes with folks, and uh-huh. then this the stroll ended with the sunset and the white sand dunes, which was sounds magical. Yeah, I was about to say it really that was sounds magical. It really was, and so I had such a good time that I ended up applying. For more internships for the summertime that mm-hmm. coming summer and ended up moving to the petrified forest national park uh-huh. where i did yet another internship in arizona in arizona yep in northern arizona mm-hmm. kind of in the um between albuquerque and yeah. um and flagstaff yeah you i know, stopped kind in of... there one time when i was driving or well, driving as much as you can of route 66 oh yeah once left yep. yeah went right through there yeah that's a that's a really interesting place. It was really unique. I was more, I mean, the, the Petrified Forest stuff is interesting. Yeah. For sure. But I was surprised at just all the other stuff there, like Blue Mate. Was it Blue Mason? Blue? Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, well, all the there's different Pueblos formations. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a really cool place. And uh-huh. there's a, so my job there was I did um, interp as well. So I worked in the visitor centers and then I also did half time with resource management and helped to do a little um, work on some endangered plants in the park. But then also they had me going out and trying to catch people that were stealing petrified uh-huh. wood, yep. which is a big problem there. Yeah, and it is. So I would you, go. This, did you scare them with the curse? Well, or? you know, I would go out hiking and I would never find anybody uh. that, would steal, that would be stealing petrified wood because, you know, they were, well, <laughs> they, I don't know. They were, I think they're kind of sneaky. And then one day, some of my coworkers were make, were laughing at me saying, you know, you're probably just going out and hiking. You know, you're not really trying. And I was like, no, I'm really trying to yeah. catch people. And so one day I was like, I'm going to sit out by this rock and hide on this trail until on I a ghillie find suit somebody. And, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I had some good binos and I sat at a rock yeah. and I just 
sat and I watched scoped. and I scoped. <laughs> yup. And there, sure enough, from a distance, I saw somebody who uh, bent over, picked up a rock, looked at it, showed it to their friend and put it in their pocket. Uh -huh. And then I radioed it in and law enforcement met them at the trailhead and I felt kind of terrible and guilty, but it was also hey. they, hey, they learned, they learned yeah, exactly. a lesson and they knew when they went into the park that they can't be taking um, taking that stuff. So anyway, so that was my internship yeah. at the Petrified Forest. I enjoyed when I visited at the visitor center, um, yeah. the case they had that was like notes from people yes. with the curse Yes. and people would write letters and they're like, ever since I stole this <laughs> petrified wood, everything is going wrong in my life. Yeah. Please take it back. Somebody, Please make it stop. Yeah. And so, they, they can, they, they, so people feel guilty eventually, yeah. which is nice. Messes so like their, their conscience, yeah, their conscience gets to them. And then they mail these pieces yep. of wood back and the park can't put them back because they don't know where they I came from. Yeah. And so in the in the visitor center too, there's this big log that somebody yeah. had sent back. Oh, that's that, right. That yeah. thing's huge. <laughs> it must weigh like hundreds of pounds. I know. And so, Jeez. yeah. So anyway, so, and then I ended up doing another internship where I recruited um, possible interns through the Student Conservation Association. I toured around to college campuses oh. to tell them about my internship. So you were an intern, you were like, you were an internship intern. doing recruiting for interns exactly. for SCA, exactly. for the Student Conservation Association right. for, yeah. for yeah. listeners who don't know about that organization. So I toured around in um, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio for a month driving a little red pickup truck, uh -huh. um, going from college campus oh, to college fun, campus. Though. It was, it was a blast. Yeah. And such a great organization. It was, it was. And, um, and then we went out to Massachusetts and recruited. I went out to D.C. to recruit wow. for a few weeks in the you really were D.C. area. On the road constantly. Universities. It was fun. And then one of the internships that I was recruiting for was um, to work on Capitol Hill. It was, a, mm -hmm. it was a partnership between the Student Conservation Association and Unilever. Huh. And they were sponsoring internships um, five months in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. And then three months out in a national park. Oh. And so I was recruiting for it and I was like, That's well, this sounds pretty good. I'm going to apply. And I applied and I ended up getting the internship and interned out in, in DC working for Congressman Ron Kind uh -huh. of Wisconsin, the third uh -huh. district of Wisconsin, really great guy. And, um, and then the second half of my internship was out in Yosemite and I did backcountry patrol. Oh, wow. Which was really Dang. fun and just kind of a little bit so of what, everything. Yeah. What was the, what was the, idea behind that program was it like see how it yeah, works been, on the you know the bureaucratic technical level and then go in the field or what yeah they, they wanted to you know unilever wanted to sponsor interns that were doing something good for the environment and doing good for mm -hmm. resources and so um they placed us in congressional offices where the congressman sat on the um either the resources committee or oh, okay. the agriculture committee and so that's how I landed nice. in Congressman Kine's office. And then, um, and I think it was just their way of giving back. It was just, yeah. it was, you know, philanthropy. What would you do there? So office? I opened some mail. Yeah. Um, I answered some phone calls. Yep. I responded to some constituents. Yep. I, um, and then I was his intern for the um, House Resources Committee. Okay. And so I would go through prior to committee meetings and come up with bullet points. Uh -huh. um, on yep. various issues that were going to be brought summary, up. Basically. Yeah, to give them a summary. Um, I did some tours of the U.S. Capitol building uh -huh. oh, to the constituents. Cool. It was really fun. Yeah. And just a wild experience. It's you a know, great it was, experience, I feel like. I mean, yeah. I, I certainly didn't spend five months, but I was in the, the Goal Academy yeah. thing that the Park Service does. And uh, 
uh, we just you do a short stint in DC, but they kind of give you like the fastest tour ever of mm -hmm. sitting in on committee meetings mm -hmm. and sitting in in the House and Senate and um, just basically seeing how the sausage is made <laughs> yeah, at yeah, that level. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, it was great context because when you're like why are things like this or why yeah. are things like that and then you right. go and you see it and you're like oh wow okay yeah, yeah. this is crazy it's complicated yeah. and things are slow and there's a reason they're slow actually yeah, yeah. like we're a democracy and um right. yeah that must have been good perspective it was, for you. It was and plus exciting like moving to such a huge metro it was area. it was it was really a blast I bet. it was really a blast <laughs> so, so there were four of us we lived in a national park service house oh, wow. um on in battery kimball park right across the street from American University, right oh, in yeah. D.C. Uh -huh. And, um, and it was just a blast. So we got to go to a bunch of, you know, all of the um, uh, different lobby groups uh -huh. invited us to parties uh -huh. and gatherings right on Capitol Hill. So we got to go to those. So we definitely stayed busy over those five months. But and then you went to Yosemite. And that must I have made to, your head spin. It did, like, but I, but I wanted to. Country. Yeah, and so <laughs> so then I they asked me what I wanted to do in Yosemite, and I said honestly, I just want to hike. Yeah. Said you know we've been in, I've been in the city. Sure. I want to just get out and hike, and so I got to do wilderness patrols uh -huh. um, while I was in Yosemite. And so what's that in, entail for? So I went out on listeners. like a. Um, Gosh, one of my favorite patrols is I did the Grand Canyon of the Tuolumne uh -huh. on a patrol, which was two nights out, um, three days, two night hike. And I just got to hike and make yep. contact with visitors. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing my volunteer uniform mm -hmm. and just letting folks know that I was out there. Yeah. And, you know, it was really wild. I think hindsight looking back, I was by myself, you know, hiking. I think it's like 36 miles. Yep. I did a few did like that, that too, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was in, I was in SCA twice, and one of them was in Yellowstone at the Tower Roosevelt. Oh yeah. Junction at the Tower Ranger, or the that Ranger Station, and so yeah, I did yeah. Like oh. A three day, two night oh, thing, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but you're right. It is yeah, where like, you're like hindsight. You have a radio oh, and everything. Yeah. So if something went wrong, I did. Yeah. That and was, there were back checking in the morning, out, but still, I, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah. Look back on that. Kind of stuff and yeah and we don't really have volunteers that do that kind of work here yeah um just because of our backcountry um travel policies right. at rocky but right. but i had the time of my life and so i took in all it was a year and a half off of college mm -hmm. and ended up going back um changed my degree to geography so i was really interested uh -huh. in why people lived where they lived i was yep. interested in cartography and and um and all of that yeah map making and yeah it's interesting i yeah i kind of ended up going in that direction yeah you did too. yeah for grad school yeah because yeah. undergrad i did music composition in english oh no kidding and then i finished up and and started working um once one summer in between years i worked in yellowstone oh. at, for zantero making oh, yeah. beds yeah but i was just like wait you can get paid to live here like yeah it's amazing okay <laughs> anyway and so yeah i started doing some sca internships and so that's how you got into yeah SCA yeah Student Conservation Association I did one in Yellowstone that next summer and then I did one at Black Canyon and Gunnison in the winter which was awesome oh that's awesome what and a good place yeah that led to some some other stuff but um so then yeah when, but that happened to me too I went back to grad school yeah. and I was like uh, I did environmental studies but I ended up focusing on geography and cartography I yeah. just think it you know geography kind of encompasses if you're a general interest yeah. kind of person 
Totally. Yeah. So Absolutely. you went back for that. So yeah. it totally changed your totally changed my degree, degree. and totally changed my school. I finished at University life. of Wisconsin at Eau Claire. <laughs> yep. Totally changed my life. Yeah. And had so a, you finished your degree? I finished. Yep. I finished my degree. So there's a good story for parents yeah. out there. If you're yes, worried about yes, your I kid. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. If they take a year and a half off and do internships, as long as they're, they're doing just something, finding their focus. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was. I would not. I. I had no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got my foot in the door uh-huh. of the park service was doing those internships because eventually yeah. down the road between here and there, um, I did some other wild fun jobs and then I ended up getting my first park service job it was a permanent year round job as a volunteer program assistant mm-hmm. at Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And it, I had, um, I just, I loved Yosemite that my time when I was there for those three months or four months in the summertime back in 2002 and um and then always wanted to go back Mm -hmm. and so just totally lucked out with a job there in 2009 and I was there for three years Mm -hmm. I was there as the volunteer program assistant for two years supporting Mm -hmm. their program and they have a massive program I was about to say yeah what's theirs is huge too yeah 10,000 yeah 10,000 volunteers a year and like 170,000 hours wow something like that just it's absolutely huge yeah, I've heard um, like uh, group is really big there too. Like the group program. corporations, and oh, companies absolutely. bringing people out yes, for kind of absolutely. service. Or... We have that here too. Yeah, you know, those cor- corporate groups love to come out and volunteer, and it's really you know it's it's a win win because they you know can give back you know and, and promote that they're giving back to the park, mm-hmm. and we give them a really neat experience, mm-hmm. hands on mm-hmm. experience, and they do some team building mm-hmm. and and all of that. We yeah, I bet it's really. Campsite. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's also just really good for them. Like, yeah. Like good bonding experience. Yeah. Brings people a little closer. Exactly. So what yeah, are those? Are those usually day or multi-day or it just totally depends on what totally people Totally depends on what they want. So most of the corporate projects are just one day. So they'll drive in. We'll hook them up with a campsite for that night. So they'll get free campsite in Marine Park Campground. And then in the morning, they'll wake up and, and meet a ranger to do a service project. So they'll do, you know, a full day service project or half day in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can spend the, the next night there too and then pack up and leave and uh-huh. just, yeah, have a really great experience, totally hands-on with yeah. with our staff. They get to choose what kind of project they want to participate in. So they could work on trails projects, mm-hmm. um, you know, rebuilding some of our trails or just doing, you know, tread work or whatever. Right now they're doing a lot of projects on them. Um, uh, horse trails kind of behind Marine Park Campground with the volunteer groups. And then we're also doing a lot of vegetation work mm-hmm. with volunteer groups so they can choose those kinds of projects. So they put in a big water line. There's a big, massive water line project that happened in the park, yeah. as you know. Still happening. Yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> Marine Park yeah. Road is, is, has delays on it. Yep. And so, um, so last summer, you know, they cut a big... Um, swath of, yeah, you know, that just, was huge. It was huge. It was, you know, a couple of miles by 60 feet, I think. Yeah. And so we're using a lot of volunteers to actually reveg that oh, area, wow, which is yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. And so they're doing that and, or they can um, build, you know, the big burn piles that look like big, huge uh-huh. teepees in the park. Yeah, actually, that's a good one to bring up just because yeah. I know a lot of people wonder about that. So for our listeners, yeah, when you see these big stacks of wood out in the woods, Yep. Um, big piles, yeah, they look like big teepees or like huge campfires or something. Those are burn piles where we go in, remove uh, fuel from the forest, stack it, and then at a safe time, we burn it, 
and what we're trying to do is create like defensible lines, mm-hmm. um, things that would that would keep a fire from growing out of hand or crossing certain areas. So they help with that. Yep, exactly. They yeah. do, and so that's, uh, that's hard I know. work. Yeah, it is, and so the you know the firefighters will go out and they'll they'll take um, they'll take down the trees like a lot of the standing uh-huh. dead trees that are pine beetle killed. They'll take them down and then they'll um, buck them and limb them into. Uh, pieces that can be easily carried by mm-hmm. volunteers, and then the volunteers run around and make burn piles. Wow! Yeah, it's really pretty incredible. Yeah, because they—they, I don't have the stat with me, but I mean, hundreds of burn piles yeah. are built by volunteers every year. Yeah. And just a couple of winters ago, they burned—you know—under the right conditions. They wait for the snow there to be snow on the ground right. and no wind. Right. And then they'll burn the piles. And just a couple of winters ago, they burned like 50, 5,200 piles oh, here in 5, the park. Yeah. Wow. Which is a lot in one winter. That's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so volunteers get to do that too. Yeah. So for those those projects, how do people go about setting those up? Do they approach you? Do you already have a list of needs? We do. We have a catalog actually. Catalog. So we have a catalog. catalog. Yes, you have seen the catalog. You've helped us with it. Yeah. So it's on our website, so people can, you know, just find us on the web, and yeah, like if you search for Rocky Mountain. Um, National Park Volunteer exactly. Program. You'll find our or, webpage. Or here's a special, yeah. a special shortcut for our listeners. We're giving you the inside knowledge. Every park has a four-letter code that we use for shorthand. So if you ever want to shorthand to search about your favorite park, like Rockies is Romo, Rocky Mountain, R-O-M-O. So if you search Romo Volunteer Program, that will also come up. Isn't that nice? Either way. Yeah. So that'll take shortcut. you to the volunteer page. Yeah, so it'll take you to the vol- volunteer page, and you can... You know, if you're an individual person who wants to volunteer here in the park, you can search um, for opportunities just for individuals, or you can search for opportunities for volunteer groups. Uh-huh. And so that's um, that's one way to do it. Another way is to just give us a call, and we can walk you through the process and tell you what we have available. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we have a lot of projects that we're still recruiting for, actually, for this summer, for late in the season especially. Oh, nice. So if anybody's out there and wants to come out and volunteer with us. Yeah. We can hook you up. Yeah, you can you can become a VIP. Yes, you should sure volunteers can. in parks. That's right. So clever. Yes, I know it's pretty slick. It is pretty And good. actually if you guys are if, if those who are listening come out, you know, sometime during the summertime, pick up a copy of the paper and mm-hmm. we recruit, we advertise for a very cool drop in program that is just one hour long. It's on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays in the summertime. There's no minimum age requirement, so you can bring young ones or, you know, whoever wants mm-hmm. to come out and volunteer with us. We'll tell you a little bit about the volunteer program. We'll tell you a little bit about Leave No Trace and the importance of leaving this place pristine mm-hmm. and as you as you found it. And then we get you signed up as a volunteer, and you go out and do a litter cleanup with us. Oh, nice. And then afterwards, we weigh the litter. Uh-huh. And whoever has the most guesses... They win the bag of trash. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you take this home that's, with what we, you. that's what we say. Yeah. And um, anyways, then they get a little fun giveaway gift. Yeah, everybody um, as a gets thank a little you gift. gift. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then and then um, you know you can go on with your the rest of your vacation yeah. to the park and feel good that you were able to give back a little bit. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's a great program. I've I've heard from people who've done done it that they really enjoy it. You know, yeah. I think some people are like, oh, why would I go work for an hour? But you get to learn a lot. You get to yeah. meet other visitors. Yep. If you have kids, you get to set that great example of like, we're here enjoying this. We're going to give back just a little bit. Absolutely. Um, keep, you know, make it better than when we found it, which yep. is a big, big thing. 
Yeah, just on the And fourth, you get a little swag. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And this year, it's some really cool sunglasses. Ooh. Really cool. They're called uh, Risky Business Sunglasses. <laughs> and they say Rocky Mountain National Park VIP on the bow. They're really Whoa, cool. That's pretty They're awesome. They're pretty slick. So you'll have to come out and volunteer Yeah, there's only one miles. way to get those. <laughs> that's you right. Exactly. Volunteer. Exactly. Show your cred. Uh, yep. And, um, and actually, so just this 4th of July, just um, this past Tuesday, I led a volunteer group doing the litter cleanup uh-huh. at Beaver Meadows Visitor Center. And we had 11 people show up, including a one-year-old with his family. Really? That's great. Yeah. And so he got to wear a little safety vest and <laughs> go out with his mom. He held the bucket while she Aww. held the litter picker and cleaned up. It was really cute. I have some really cute pictures. Awesome. And um, And then there was another gentleman who was out there with us who, you know, I shook his hand afterwards and I was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I thank them over and over. And he's like, no, you know, thank you guys. He said, I've had such a great trip out here. You know, it's the least I can do is to give back. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that people have such great experiences out in the park and and feel like they want to do something to give back to this place. Mm-hmm. And so it's really fun to help them find that avenue mm-hmm. to give back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you were in Yosemite for mm-hmm. three, three years. years, you said, uh-huh. yep. and then here? And then here, and then I and moved then... out here in 2012, Yeah. and I've been here since. So I've been here for just a little over five years. Wow. Now I can't believe it. Yeah. I know. So this it's a is long a long time in one place. It is. It's the longest I've been in one yeah. place, and it pretty much since I lived at my parents' house, Yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's. I was the same way. I think that, that map-making job I had, I was there for like three and a half. Yeah. Wow, this is the longest I've lived in one place yep. in a long time. Yeah, but it's is a that... nice place to be. It is a nice place to be. Yeah. 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 How does uh how does the volunteer so it sounded like the Yosemite volunteer program was bigger. There's a little muskrat over there. Oh yeah, we got a right? muskrat in, in the lake, I think. Right? Maybe. What is that? No, he's Oh fishing. it's a lure. Oh <laughs> it's a muskrat. <laughs> I thought we had a moment. I thought we were yeah. having a moment. We're, we might still, you know, we might have a moment. Here. I'll keep, I'll keep looking. Is that a submerged moose? <laughs> it has to be. It's gotta be. It's just doing the moose, the famous submarine technique. <laughs> this is a good place to see moose. It is. So we might let out actually. Be if, nice. we're, if we're out, you know, keep looking. So Yosemite's program so, a bit yeah, bigger. A bit, yeah, a bit how bigger. does, I mean, how does Rocky... So in Compare, comparison, you know? yep. yeah. So in com- so Yosemite is a really strong group program. Uh-huh. So a lot of groups come out to serve in the summertime. So they'll serve for a day or two or even uh-huh. a full week, and um, they have a they have a volunteer campground specifically a volunteer campground in Yosemite Valley, uh-huh. which not a lot of people know about. And so it allows them to you know bring in and yeah. take in accommodate a lot of volunteer groups. Um, so they, they have a really busy group program. And then additionally, they have, they partner with um, the Yosemite Conservancy and have a really, who also has a really neat volunteer program. Hmm. Um, and all of those volunteers are considered Park Service volunteers mm-hmm. as well. And then Nature Bridge, which used to be the Yosemite oh, yeah. Institute, uh-huh. they bring kids out on service projects too. Yeah, I met some people that did Nature Bridge stuff in um, Golden Gate National yeah. Recreation Area, yep. like just north of Golden Gate Bridge, they yep. have a camp out there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that was that was a neat program. It's a really neat program, and then and then they have a lot of interns. And so, primary, you know, again, their group program is massive. And then here, so here at Rocky, it differs in that we have a lot more individuals that serve. So, of uh-huh. the twenty seven hundred volunteers, we have um, we have seven hundred individual volunteers mm-hmm. who are retirees and interns. 
and collectively they served over 99,000 hours just last year. And so it's just, so our, our individual program is massive huge. here. It's huge, you know, and it's just those people that drive the commute literally an hour and a half one way. We have a volunteer who, um, who she lives down in Denver and she drives up to Bear Lake every Saturday to be up there at 8 a.m. Wow. So she leaves her house, you know, depending That's on the weather. Person. She's up there year round too. Wow. Every Saturday. It's dedicated. Yeah, so we have some really dedicated individuals yeah, that serve a, here. That's and a so tough spot. Too. We're in a, yeah, so we are really lucky. So yeah. a lot of volunteer programs in the Park Service, um, you know, probably wish that they had the, the <laughs> situation that we have here, yeah. you know, and I take zero credit for it. It's the program that I inherited <laughs> well, and just yeah. the, just the, um, the neighbors that love us. Yeah. You know, and give, give yeah, back. Yeah, I think working at different parks, that's one thing about Rocky that does sort of stand out to me is that we do have these gateway communities and metro community that's so close. Yeah. It's, you know, like um, I worked at Yellowstone for a while. I worked in Denali for a while. And there's just not. No, it's remote. You know, hardly anybody lives around there. Or even if they do, it's a long drive to get into the park and get anywhere. Um, whereas here, yeah, we have so many people. Yeah. Um, that I think that's great. Yeah, we're in a really unique situation just yeah. being a Western park, like a big Western park and having neighbor neighboring yeah. communities that are just right there with amenities. Yeah. You know, coming from Yosemite to get to the nearest like big grocery store was, you know, the Pioneer Market in Mariposa, California. <laughs> that wasn't really that big. That was, you know, a 45 minute drive down the canyon. Yep. And so when I moved here and it's like, have a grocery store. I have a grocery store that's six minutes away. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. I couldn't, I I couldn't believe way. it. Or coffee shops and restaurants, yeah. you know, and so we're, so it's a really unique situation for park service, yeah. especially the employees who get to work, you know, for the park service yeah. in this wild place with a ton of wilderness, a ton of wildlife. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, we can go out for Thai food if we want to. Yeah, that exactly. Evening. Multiple Thai places. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of our listeners probably live in larger communities than 6,000 people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you're a park service person, a 6,000 person town is like, whoa, <laughs> this is huge. Yeah, if you, if you do the big Western Park thing. Yeah. Yeah, and Denali is like two and a half hours one way yeah. to, to, for groceries, you know, it's just, yeah, or Yellowstone. I don't even remember where we'd go, a long way. Yeah, a long drive. Yeah, so here, you can you can even be at the airport. Yeah, it's Yeah, so it's that, I feel like that, that has to have a major positive influence for the volunteer program for sure yeah it does um i think also one of the reasons i want to talk to you is just to let let our listeners know how key volunteers are for for, for rocky and for the entire park service uh i just don't think we could could do it no otherwise it's just not possible no i agree we've I had mean, to rely on it more and more over time too i think yes we have yeah so we say that our volunteers kind of augment the work of the staff there are there's a lot of visitors who come here to the park and have no interaction with a paid staff person but we'll see a volunteer or mm -hmm. two or three even and so their only interaction with a staff member is that of a volunteer mm -hmm. and so it helps you know park staff um, paid and unpaid, we can, it, it furthers our reach. Um, it helps get the word out um, to help educate folks because, mm -hmm. you know, not all of the 4.5 million visitors that come to Rocky know all the rules of the park. And yeah. so it's important, to, <laughs> it's important um, for, you know, not only the visitors, but also the resource of the park to have those volunteers out there providing visitor information, collecting data for us that we wouldn't otherwise be able to collect. 
um, you know, putting plants in the ground, rehabbing trails. Um, they do a lot of work that we just we simply don't have the resources yeah. to do, yeah. you know, money or Absolutely. staff. Yeah. I mean, even, even aside from specific jobs, like you're saying, like trails or vegetation or research projects is just... Um, like elk bugle corps, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. who are out in the meadows uh, or by not in the meadows. Yeah. You don't go in the meadows in the fall. <laughs> they're closed, but they're on the periphery, basically just letting people know that, that the meadows yeah. closed, letting them know why, yeah. um, you know, keeping them a safe distance from elk. Or we yeah. have the same thing at Sheep Lakes. We have volunteers there, Tundra, Tundra Guardians, Guardians. Um, up on Trail Ridge Road, again, doing kind of the same thing because yeah it's we just don't have the staff to be out there like no. like we would like to be to to be talking to everyone and and educating people because that's you know a lot of what it is we're not out there Absolutely. to like scold people you know we get that that people are in a totally new environment yeah. totally different animals totally different experiences that they have maybe never had before that's why they're here yeah exactly and so you just don't know certain stuff about different animals and how they behave exactly. and how uh, dangerous they may or may not be so that's that's one of the things that I think is great is is being able to have people out there to just do the kind of general rangering of just Absolutely. being able to answer your questions talk to you and help make sure you're having the best experience possible Exactly. And a lot of what they do, too, is preventative search and rescue. Oh, that's true. Oh, my word. Yeah, the, preventative search and yes, rescue. Yes, at the trailheads especially. You know, they, they visit with folks and um, visitors might not, you know, they might be very well aware and have their whole trip planned out and be, like, very dialed in to what they need to sure. do to get to the top of certain peaks. Um, often, other times they might not know. Mm -hmm. And so volunteers out there just talking with them having conversations about you know how much water they might want to take them on a hike up to flat top or yep. how long what time they should maybe start their trip up longs peak you know mm -hmm. they're they're helping the paid rangers prevent you know potential search and rescues yeah. and so you know volunteers here are saving lives really you know it's hard you can't quantify that sure but it's you know they're they're educating folks and and helping them to make some really good decisions yeah. when they're out there on the trail yeah that's a huge one yeah. Um, I've mentioned it before on a couple other podcasts that we're working on, like a preventative search and rescue, or we call it PSAR. We like acronyms. Yeah. And the, the NPS. Yeah, we do. Um, preventative search and rescue, yeah, for like longs and just and just generally at every trailhead. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, just saying, like, hey, do you have water? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or do you have a way to treat water? Don't yeah. just drink it. Those are some nice-looking flip-flops. Where are you going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to Sky Pond in these flip-flops. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Are you really big into barefoot running? Or <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. you never Are know. you a hobbit? Yeah. You know, maybe. Do you stand on nails in the evening? Because yeah. otherwise, yeah. might not work out. Also, oh, there's snow. Yeah, Still. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's another big one, too, I think, is a lot of our volunteers, they just love the park. And so they're out in the park. Yeah. Like they get, they have, I feel like a lot of times they have more time to be out in the park than a lot of, than we do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the staff. Sure. And so sure. a lot of times they can answer people's questions so well about like, what is this trail like? And they'll tell you exactly. Exactly. Because they hiked it like yesterday exactly. or two days ago. And, yeah, they do trail And they reports. can tell you exactly what the snow is like and, and what to watch out for, which is super valuable. Yeah, that is. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, anything else about the volunteer program that you want to mention or want 
make to make sure people know. I feel like we've hit a yeah, lot of the highlights. We, group, we it's, individual. Yeah. It's important how big it is. Yeah. Go to our webpage yeah. um, to find out more. Um, I think I feel like we kind of we covered a lot of it. Okay. I mean, yeah, no, the park is the the volunteers are vital to the operations here yes, at Rocky. Absolutely. I mean, like they are in a lot of national parks, and so we're just really lucky. I feel like I'm really fortunate to have this job and yeah. to be able to support the volunteers yeah. and support the staff who um, who rely on volunteers mm-hmm. to assist them in the different operations mm-hmm. and anyways it's just it's been mm-hmm. a treat so to end or to move towards the end sure we'll ask Uh-oh. talk a little bit more about uh you again and just general life yeah. stuff so sure. so as we talked about you had a certain path going mm-hmm. You're from Wisconsin, yep. born and raised, yep. never left right. until, until that yep. internship. Yep. Were you, was your family big outdoors family? Were you nope. outdoor stuff? <laughs> no, not at all. We would, no, we would go camping, you know, every summer we would go to um, this really cool campground that was like on a bike trail in uh-huh. Wisconsin. It was called the Sparta Elroy Bike Trail Whoa. Campground. Yes, you know it? That's a great spot. Yeah. And um, anyways, and so it was really fun. So it was once a summer, we'd get together. My mom is um, from a family of 11 kids. Whoa. I know. Okay. Yes. You have a few and cousins. I know. And... So I have a few cousins. I have yeah. a lot of cousins. A little bit of family. Okay. Yeah. A little, little bit of family. And so we'd all get together wow. and camp out for a weekend and ride our bikes through these old tunnels, these old railroad tunnels. So it was tunnels. all on bike trail? Yeah, so the the campground was right on the bike trail, and so you could, um, if you know, you were oh, I see what like, you're saying. So you, you could know, pull up in your car. Yeah, camp, if you're like seven then... years old, you could make it to like you know okay. the first tunnel. Sure. And um, but yeah, so it was really it was really fun, and so that was kind of my experience in the outdoors growing yep. up. We um, we I had was a similar. nice like, yeah I didn't, yeah no. yeah. I would do like a Boy Scout camp out once a year. And that was yeah, we had we had a, a yard with of woods and so we had a little fort and so we loved to spend time outside i mean my parents encouraged us we we spent a lot of time playing outside i mean those are some of my favorite memories growing up with my my siblings and my cousins is you know running around playing out in the yard and going swimming and and um ice skating Mm -hmm. my dad would flood part of our backyard and make an ice rink and and snow blow a mountain in our backyard a mountain yeah for us to sled on and so we spent a lot of time um in the outdoors you know playing yeah, outside right, but not right. really you know out hiking trails right. and that kind of stuff right. you know that that I didn't really get to until I was a little bit older in my yeah. 20s but yeah I was the same way I was in my 20s yeah and and in terms of you know like family vacations we would take you know our first um the first national park that I remember going to was Mount Rushmore oh okay and so living in Wisconsin we would go um our vacations were like wherever was in a day's drive yep. of Wisconsin, which a day's drive could be like Florida for my sure, dad, who sure. loved to road trip. Yeah, it's, it's less than 24 hours. <laughs> exactly. So it's a day. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. right. And so, um, so that was, you know, my first kind of introduction to the Park Service was uh-huh. was going to Mount Rushmore, and we'd go out it's to a good DC. introduction. It was a great introduction. Black yeah, Hills it really are was. Really yeah, amazing. the Black Hills. I do. I, this is a, Black Hills. They're Gold. a bizarre place. Oh, nice. Little. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and so. We, um, so that was, yeah, yeah, our family growing up was, was going, doing uh-huh. our annual camping trips and so what, playing outside. when you did these internships, yeah. was there like a moment when you're like, yes, this is it? Or was it just kind of, no, this I, is fun and you just kind of kept 
doing. It was really fun. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun. Yeah, like I think what, each one what drew you into just, it? Or like, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, for, like to keep doing the internships? Or I just have, or just to keep doing park stuff? Yeah, well, so I, was, I loved being outdoors. Mm-hmm. I loved just the idea of traveling and mm-hmm. having a new home every three months. Yep. You know, it was just a wild adventure. A mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And at that point, you know, I realized that I could live basically anywhere for three months i really sure. i could live in a oh, sure. in a single wide trailer in the middle of the desert with a yeah there you go <laughs> you know for three months or had a you know i lived at the petrified forest with a giant desert centipede or you in said my you did room. uh you did um cruise stuff in alaska yeah right? i did yeah. yeah so when i graduated from college you know I, I finished and and i had my degree and i had this really cool experience and i was just trying to figure out what i wanted to do with it and when i lived out in washington dc i had a really good one of my fellow um, interns, Jeffy P, who um, he he went off to do all kinds of fun adventures as well. And he worked for a cruise company and he it was like a pocket cruise company. Mm-hmm. So small cruise really ships small. that had between 30 to 60 passengers. So you could really get up into. Yeah, into you can get up into those. Yeah, inlets and stuff. Yeah, it had just a seven foot draft. So wow. seven feet of the boat was underwater. So pretty. Wow. So we could sneak into some really cool yeah. places. And um, anyways, and so. He told me about that job. I applied for it and got it and graduated in, in December and moved out to Seattle for training with this boat company in February and worked on the Columbia River in the spring and also in the fall and the, the, the following fall as a guide, as a kayaking uh-huh. guide, as uh-huh. a naturalist on board this boat. And then in the summertime, we spent our time up in, in Southeast Alaska, yeah. ducking into some really cool passengers. We got to go to Kenai Fjords and... Uh, Admiralty so cool. Island and Glacier Bay every week. I never and, got. I oh, never went. I never got down to Southeast. I worked in Denali. Amazing. And people are like, oh, you go to Southeast Alaska? And I was like, well, it's really far away. Yeah. And yeah. I work all summer, but I would love to. Yes. Because it just looks incredible and totally yeah. different. And it's funny when we were walking over the lake, we realized that yeah, that you want somebody that I worked with in Alaska and Denali, who's like one of my best friends. You worked with in Southeast <laughs> yeah, I know. Alaska. It's a small world, like yeah, yeah, that we both know know him really well. So Eric, Eric, yeah. if you're out there. Eric Toussaint. We both know you. We both know you. <laughs> now you're hearing our voices. We won't give away Hello. your personal information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is so, amazing how small it is. Yeah, it's a it really small is. World. It really is. And so then, so I had that experience and it was wonderful. And the and that was just a season that I worked for the company. And then I worked for um, the Southeast Alaska Guidance Association, which uh-huh. is a nonprofit that supported um uh, volunteers and interns. Um, Amer- it was an AmeriCorps program for the state of Alaska. So I moved back to Alaska the next year, and I lived in Juneau for a few months, and then I spent the summer in Girdwood, uh-huh. Alaska. Yep. You know Girdwood, oh, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. You know, that know was Girdwood. a great. Yeah, that was a great place to live, and um, and supported 70 AmeriCorps members building trails wow. in the interior of Alaska. Wow. Which is really fun. Very cool. And so I did that for a season. Yeah. And then ended up. Um, and just keeping with my seasonal, mm-hmm. you know, spirit and, and jobs, I ended up lucking out and I became, I was a relief naturalist for a boat company out of the Virgin Islands. And so I got to be a snorkeling guide Whoa. on board a small, um, another pocket cruise ship in um, the U.S. and British Virgin Islands. So that I did that okay. for a short stint. It was yeah. not bad. Yeah, not too tolerable. shabby to go yeah. from Alaska. Yeah to the Virgin Islands was pretty nice. Yeah, it must nice. have felt nice. Yeah, it Yeah, I feel like really after great. about my third summer in Alaska, I was kind of like, 
I sort of miss summer. Yeah. Oh, it felt really good. You great, know, like actually. being able to swim. Or... Oh, yeah. I know. I was like, maybe I'm bored. Because I thought for a while, I was like, oh, Alaska's it for me. And then when yeah. I went down, I was only in the Virgin Islands for like six weeks, maybe. Uh -huh. like two, two months tops. Made you wonder, like, hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm more of an island gal. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't been back to the Virgin Islands. Yeah, since. now you live at 8,000 feet, feet, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep so, being drawn back to the mountains. I know, I know. And then in the winter, I'm like, maybe I should move back to the to the islands again. I don't know. You're a Wisconsin gal. <laughs> I know. That's it's hard. true. That's true. It's hard when you grow up with real winters. I know. I sure do. Did you like winter when you were growing in Wisconsin? up? Wisconsin? Yeah. It, or it were you just, just kind of like, just, it just was. This was the only option. Yep. It, this, <laughs> is, know, this is what no, it is. It is what it's it is. It's just interesting exactly. meeting people because I lived in the South uh, growing up, like Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi. And then we moved from Mississippi to Iowa, and it was southeast Iowa. So it's still, you know, I mean, it's not Wisconsin-length winter, but it's still, yeah. you know, it got cold. And the Rocky Mountain winter is pretty serious. It is. It is pretty serious. Up here I mean, in it's Estes? Gonna, it's going to start snowing again in about a month. I just want you to know this, Miles. Oh, oh <laughs> just yeah. Rem oh, just reminder. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, so we have to harness this The thing that gets weather. me up here is, is, is the wind. I know. It's so brutal. Nobody tells you about it. Well, I I, I or they the do, but you just don't even. I remember when I was li when I was moving here, uh, a couple people they're like, "Yeah, the wind, you know, is pretty, yeah, pretty rough." And I was like, "Yeah, oh, I've lived in windy places, whatever. I've lived in, in lots of different mountains. Yeah. No, it's it's nothing. Yeah, it's pretty next level here. I've heard East Glacier is worse oh, than here, okay. but it's very, but it's a similar setup. You're just right up against the mountains yeah. on the east side." And the wind just blasts. Oh you. my word! Oh, yes. Because I don't know about you, but like, I would I would gladly take like a, a zero degree calm Wisconsin yeah. type of winter day over oh, like easily. 35 easily. and and knock you over. Yeah, wind. 100 mile an hour gusts yeah. or 80 mile an hour gusts. Yeah. There was one day in my first winter here where I would because I live in the park, so uh -huh. I have like a two minute walk uh -huh. to work, which uh, is that's super pretty nice. Sweet. And so I was walking to work, and it was just one of those days where it was really, the temperature was really cold, and the wind was really blowing. And I thought, oh my word, I should have driven to work. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, was that bad. Yeah, so I should have driven to work, and I thought, oh my goodness, we have this volunteer group called the Road Hogs, and they are just this super dedicated group of volunteers that do a lot of the roadside work in the park every single Monday year round. Wow. You know, except for on holidays and when the wind is or the weather is really terrible. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's Monday. I sure hope that they called off the road hogs because this is just way too cold to be working. And I get to work and I and I called the supervisor and I said, you know, hey, just checking, you know, making sure that, that this group was called off. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, we, we definitely called them off, but we still had three people that showed up. So, so they still, like, despite... Dedication. The, absolutely. Dedicated yeah, volunteers. Very dedicated. Yeah, they are very dedicated. So anyways, that was kind of... A funny you know experience with our volunteers and just showing up um you know i mean it was it was it was one of those oh yeah like you just yeah. feel violated the yeah. moment you yeah. step outside oh, gosh, it was terrible. there's nowhere like, to hide doesn't matter how much doesn't matter if you have on goggles a face mask yeah. it doesn't no, my, no. doesn't really matter yeah you're just you're gonna take it yeah <laughs> yeah there's no option <laughs> or you're just yeah. gonna dream of when you can find some shelter <laughs> exactly <laughs> of some kind <laughs> yeah um, okay, so we'll end with, this is a hard question, but oh. we've asked it to everyone so oh, far. No. So, um, what does Rocky mean to you? 
Oh my word. Because you, really... you've been here for five, yeah, five years. years now. You yeah. have a family here. Yes, I do. You have your job. What is yeah. it? You know, from all these other experiences you're talking about, obviously internships and working in parks change the course of your life yeah, very, very sure. seriously, as it does to many people. I think that's a story that people are going to hear come up again and again yep. in this podcast. Um, so you had all those experiences, but now you're here. So how does it... Yeah. yeah Rocky, what is Rocky has been become our home. You know, it's mm-hmm. become my home. I, I am really, I feel like I'm very fortunate to to get to not only work here, but also to live here mm-hmm. in the park and have this wild place as my backyard. And so um, this is the place where, you know, my husband and I were engaged. I got engaged here um, mm-hmm. at Lawn Lake, you nice. know, and we started a family here. And it's so of all of the places that I've been, this is the longest mm-hmm. that I've lived anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned before. And so, um, so we just, I just feel really lucky and really fortunate to be able to call this place my home. Mm-hmm. So, and I can tell that you that you love your job. I do. Yeah, I like, like my said, job. I do. Like I really you said, do. it's invigorating. Yeah. It it's uplifting to be able to interact with people who every day are like giving of their time Absolutely. for for no material benefit, just because yes. they believe in it and and they want to give back. Yeah, it's inspiring. I mean, yeah. it really is inspiring. Yeah. These people are just awesome, and they love to share you know little bits of their life with me, and I get these fun little emails you know, from volunteers. And I feel like I've made a lot of really fun connections with a lot of them as well. And so, yeah, it's just been a real privilege to have this job in, in, in this amazing national park. Well, we're glad you're here. Thanks, Miles. We're glad that you're uh, coordinating our volunteers. And I'm glad to be here. And uh, there's always, to me, I feel like you just get a really positive vibe when you're out in the field and see people. So, yeah, you do, for sure. Thanks for all the work you do to make it happen. Hey, thanks, Miles. Thanks for all you do. My pleasure. Our next episode will be released on Friday, September 8th. For show notes, transcriptions, and to learn more about our show, visit our homepage at go.nps.gov forward slash rmnpod. That's go.nps.gov forward slash rmnpod. When you go there, there will be a blog post for each episode where you can leave us comments. You can also leave us comments on iTunes where you can give us ratings, leave us feedback, all that kind of stuff, and we appreciate it. The Rocky Mountain National Podcast is a product of Rocky Mountain National Park, one of 417 units of the National Park Service that preserve America's heritage for all, forever. Stay classy, Rocky Rangers.